Well, good morning, everybody. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and I'm so glad you're here. We could just go home after that, couldn't we? We could just, but you're not gonna go home, all right? So I want you to do me a favor. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. We're gonna continue a study that my good friend Kevin Scott got us off to last week called Elijah. And we're gonna take this guy's life that's tucked away over in the Old Testament and we're gonna reach into this old historical character's journey and we're gonna pull out truths that help us today. Remember this. God leaves those stories not to just take up pages in a Bible. He left us those stories because there's something in there for us to know. So on your way in today, you probably got a little sermon note sheet. Now it's blank, so you can just write in whatever you want. Or if you go, man, I like filling in the blanks, you can go to the app, North Star Church Georgia, in the app store. If you're watching online, you can go there as well, and you can follow along verse by verse. Let's talk about where we are. Elijah, normal, everyday cat. Nothing special about him, nothing uh, where he's been like on some Jedi journey to be some trained assassin for the Lord. He's not a guy that's been a Top Gun uh, shelf prophet. He's a normal, everyday guy who allowed God to use him in very abnormal ways. I think it's really easy when you hear a guy like Elijah, like, oh, I've heard that name before, but to not realize he was you, he was me, he was just willing for God to use him. First Kings chapter 17, Kevin left us last week. God goes to Elijah from Tishbeth and he goes, I want you to go to King Ahab, bad guy. Wife named Jezebel, bad chick, all right? I want you to go to them and tell them there's not gonna be dew nor rain until the Lord decides that there is. So which means crops are gonna dry up, life's gonna dry up, things are gonna get really, really bad. So Elijah goes from being a guy, nobody knows who he is, to being the most wanted and hunted man in all the nation. Everybody's on him. And he tells Elijah this. He said, I'm gonna send you to a brook called the Cherith Brook. And when you get to the Cherith Brook, it's gonna nourish you, it's gonna take care of you, and the ravens are gonna feed you. Interesting part about ravens feeding you, ravens would not even feed their own young. But God said, you can trust me, I'll take care of you, and the ravens are gonna feed you. So Elijah does what he says. Verse seven, chapter 17 of the book of 1 Kings. Here we go. But after Elijah had been there a little while, the brook, what are the next two words? The brook dried up. Yes or no question. Was Elijah right where God told him to be? Yes or no? Was Elijah doing exactly what God had told him to do? Yes or no? Did the brook still dry up? Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we can do exactly what God tells us to do and the brook dries up. And when the brook dries up, 
we feel like God's made a mistake. I've made a mistake. I didn't listen clearly enough. I am sure Elijah was sitting by the brook going, well, God, what have I done wrong? What did I not trust you enough for? There are times in life that the brook dries up. Listen, and you're exactly where God wanted you to be, and there still was nothing to drink. Now, Elijah knew that the brook would eventually dry up. I think in his brain, all the nation may not have anything to drink, but God told me to be here, so God's gonna give me something to drink. And yet, the process of life is this. Sometimes we can do exactly what God tells us to do, and the circumstances will look like God forgot you. How many of you at some point in your Christian journey have felt like God forgot you? Raise your hand. If you haven't felt like that before, you will. It's coming. And you'll go, God, you've, you've, you've got something messed up. You've screwed up the plans. I think you've got me mixed up with somebody else. I, I'm really doing right. I'm really doing good. And yet the brook dried up. In the book of Isaiah, there's a verse, and I love this. Listen to what it says. They're gonna pop it up. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child? She would have no compassion on the son of her womb. Even these may forget, but listen to what God says to you today. Yet not I will forget you. Behold, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. And your walls are, our walls are continually before me. It's the first time tattoos are ever mentioned in scripture. God says, I've engraved you. And I would have done that today, but I don't like pain. All right, and so I've engraved you on the palms of your hands. When you're in the season of feeling forgotten, God knows, everybody look at me, right where you are. He knows right where you are. I bet you old Elijah was sitting on old rock there by that brook going, God, you've made a tragic mistake. And God looked down at his hand and he saw the name of Elijah and God's plans for Elijah were just starting. Would you stand with me as we read the rest of the passage together? Verse number eight. Then the Lord, while he's there, says to Elijah, go, go. Live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon, and I've instructed a widow there to take care of you. So Elijah, leave this brook, though, even though it's empty, it's safe. Ahab does not know where you are. I want you to travel across the land where you're the most hunted man in the, in the region. Travel across the land and go and find a widow. A widow? Women back then were completely dependent on a man to work. That was the deal. Man had to take care of him. Her husband is gone. And God is sending Elijah to a widow. So he went to Zarephath. He did exactly what he was told. He arrived at the gates of the village. He saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? What was the land going through at the time? What were they going through? They were going through a drought. Bring me some water in a cup. She was going to get it. He called out to her and bring me a bite of bread too. 
This sounds like a college student who just came home from school going, while you're up, mom, would you give me something? I mean, this guy, now he wants something to eat. But she said this, and I love her response. I swear by the Lord your God, I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will what? What's it say next? This is all we got, and there is no hope. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead, do just what you said. This is a, this is a gutsy call here. But make a little bread for me. I mean, you read this, you're like, I, I can't believe you really said that, even though God told it to. Woman should have slapped him blind. But anyway, so make a little bread for me first. Then what's left, what's left, prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there'll always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Now, here's the amazing so she did as Elijah said. She and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always, what's the next word? Flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Would you pray with me? Right where you're standing this morning, would you ask God to show you today what you need? Would you? Would you ask the Lord today to stretch you? Would you say, God, when you show me, I'm willing to obey. Would you say that? If you're standing in compass on the patio or watching online right now. God, speak to us. We didn't come to just occupy a space from 11 to 12. God, we came to meet with you. Now show us what you got for us. God, we give you us. We give you our eyes. We give you our ears. We give you our hearts. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Turn around and find two or three people around you. Introduce yourself to them, would you? And then you can be seated. story. I love this story for a lot of reasons. I love it because Elijah is just a normal everyday guy. The second part of the reason I love this story is we see the stretching of obedience. Knowing what God wants and doing what God wants are two totally different things. Knowing God wants us to do something and going to do it, two totally different things. One is knowledge, which is wonderful, but one is application. And you see Elijah and you see this widow. So, all right, we all walked in church, so I think I know the answer to this. How many of you would say, I know that trusting God is the best way? If that's you, would you just nod your head up and down? All right? Trusting God's the best way. I think we all agree on that. 
But can we all agree that trusting God is not the easiest way? It's hard. Whether you are brand new to the faith, you came to know Christ in the past three weeks, or you've been walking with Jesus a really long time, trusting God is never easy. So I came to know Christ when I was 14. And so this will let you add up the years. I came to know Christ, to test your math skills. All right, I came to know Christ at 14. Last night, I did a wedding over in a part of Georgia that I had never heard of, which that tells you a lot. And so I drove about an hour, 45 minutes to this wedding venue to do a ceremony for a young lady that her parents were the very first wedding I did 25 years ago. Were y'all that surprised that they made it? I mean, are we really that shocked? Of course they made it, right? That's crazy. So I've been walking with God for a while. And trusting God is as hard now as it was the first day I started. Why? Because I'm trusting in something that's not me. All right, let's, here's the fact of the matter, people. We like trusting our plans, not God's plans. Can we agree on that? So why do we resist? We know it's best. Why do we resist? Ready? Lesson number one, we get comfortable. We like comfort. We love comfort. We like to be comfortable in our houses. We like to be comfortable in our cars. We like to be comfortable in our jobs. We like to be comfortable in life. We don't like being uncomfortable. We will plan and arrange our lives to make sure we're comfortable. But think about Elijah. Elijah gets called to go to the brook. And the brook dried up. Elijah was learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. The ravens were taking care of him, the brook was there, and all of a sudden the brook dries up. Why does the brook dry up in our lives? Because when we're comfortable, and I want you to write this little thought down, ready? When we're comfortable, we don't trust. When we're comfortable, we don't trust. We trust in us, we trust in our plans, we trust in our stuff, we trust in what we can work out and do. And God is always in a process of teaching you to trust him. You will never know what Jesus is really like till you have to know Jesus is all you got. That's a fact. We love comfort. We just like being comfortable. So how many of you, like there's nothing you enjoy more than on a Friday back in your back in your truck up or your van up and hitching up a camper and go into a campground for a weekend. How many of y'all are like that? Raise your hand. There's a few of you. I know the Hoovers are back there. They're like that. I'll make you a promise. You will never see me at the campground, all right, ever. If you're like, I need to go somewhere where Mike's not, I'll never be there. Why? Because I like being comfortable. I like Mike. Uncomfortable for me is not having ESPN on the TV at the hotel, all right? That's uncomfortable, right? I like comfort. And God is in a process of making us uncomfortable. Elijah's been obedient once and the brook dried up and he looks at Elijah and he said, now I want you to go to Zarephath, which means you've gotta travel across a dangerous area and you are gonna go and you're gonna be fed by a widow. Elijah, look at me. 
Nothing I'm telling you is going to make any sense, but you've got to trust me. Ladies and gentlemen, whether it's your first week in your spiritual journey or your 50th year in your spiritual journey, God is in a process of teaching you to trust him. Therefore, look at me, he's going to make you uncomfortable. And for some of you, you're like, it's been a while. Well, God's not done yet. Principle number two, we don't trust because we're comfortable and we don't trust because we get scared. I'm scared. So think about this. This is crazy. <clears throat> God's ways are so interesting. He sends him to Zarephath to be taken care of by a widow. The least likely person to take care of Elijah was a widow. Surely there was a good family there that earned a lot of money. They could have done it. Surely there were people there that had wherewithal. God sends him to a widow. And the widow, here's the entry part. God tells the widow that Elijah's coming. There's gonna be somebody coming. We learned that in verse eight. And Elijah shows up and she looks at Elijah and she says this, I'm basically making the last meal for me and my son. I have nothing. I'm scared. Yes or no question. Did the widow have a right to be scared? Yes or no? Yes. And she has a strange bossy man at her door, right? Hey, give me something to drink. Give me something to eat. Can I tell you something today? Walking with Jesus is a scary journey. I want you to write this little thought down, ready? Walking with Jesus is a scary journey because it's full of unknowns. And we like knowns. We like to know the next step. We like to know the next thing. We like to know what's coming. She was scared. She was scared. Listen, her faith may be deeper, a thousand times deeper than all of ours when all this started. And she was scared. She was scared because doing what God was asking her to do, here's what was scary, it didn't make sense. Can I tell you something about a faith journey? A lot of times it doesn't make sense. A lot of times when God begins to work in our lives, he stretches us, so therefore it doesn't make sense. If we could take the widow when she was scared to the widow after she's had Elijah living in her house for a while and she's had enough to eat and enough flour and enough food and enough water, do you think the widow was glad she did it, yes or no? All right, let me ask you again. I didn't get the answer I thought. All right, so do you think the widow was glad she did it, yes or no? To get here, you gotta be here. There's gotta be a step. You don't just get to go, I'm scared. Oh, I figured it all out. No, there's a process. There's a process. And God is taking us through this process to stretch us and to make us what he created for us to be. Comfortable, we're scared, 
but we know we should do it. Three things, ready? Pen, pencil, something to write down this morning. To trust God, I gotta begin with what he's already said. To trust God, I've gotta begin with what he's already said. And I want you to write this down. So in verse eight, he had already instructed the widow to feed him. So Elijah's just going, believing that God had already gone ahead of him. For this is what the Lord said in verse 14. This book, everybody look at me, is full of God's promises. I want you to write this little thought down and we're gonna move on. And God always keeps his promises. Even when life doesn't look like it, God's gonna keep his promises. God never comes up short on his promises. God never comes up on the five-yard line and not the end zone. But you gotta play the game out. Begin with what he's already said. Everybody look at me. That's why don't depend on Sundays to get you through. You need to be in this book every day. So we say this on a call I do every Monday morning. Lock eyes with Jesus every day, learn what he said, and walk towards him. If you will do that every day, you will love where you end up. If you don't lock eyes with Jesus, it means you're wandering, and I don't know where you're gonna end up. Begin with what he's already said. Have a devotional plan. All of you, on most of you have a phone where you have a Bible app called the Version. Great Bible reading plans on there. We send that digging deeper every week to those that request it. You can go to our website, you can go to the app, and it's a sermon-based devotional every day. Whether you are in business or you're a teacher or you're a college student, whether you're a pro scout, college baseball player, doesn't matter. We gotta find out what Jesus said and we gotta trust it with all we got. Number two, remember that if it's easy, it's not faith. If it's easy, it's not faith. He loves to stretch us. If it's easy, it's not faith. See, we like easy because we can see it. We can put our hands on it. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we can trust ourselves with it. But when it's not easy, it's a little past where we are. And God's got to stretch us in it. We like easy. We like seeing the next step. I love how Philip Yancey, the great writer, he said, faith is trusting in advance, in advance what I'll only no, in hindsight. Faith is trusting in advance what I can only see when I look back in reverse. That's what faith is. And wherever you are today, whether you're brand new to faith or you're checking it all out or you've been walking with God a long time, he wants to stretch you because he sees what you could be. Principle number three. I lose faith when I focus on how and when. I've just got to trust God one day at a time. 
All right, here's something a little crazy. God has an image of what he's growing you into. You're a work in progress. You're not a finished product. And can I be honest with you, we hate the process. We love the end result, we just hate the process. 2018, uh, our kids had grown, they've moved out of the house, so Ann and I are living, and there was one house, Ann said, if it ever comes for sale, we're gonna go get that house. Okay, so there's a little house, she drove by it on County Line Road every day, and sure enough, it came for sale, I can always trust Ann's gonna be obedient to her word. We were there that night in a, in a real estate appointment and we walked in and this house had gotten in some disrepair and wasn't in the best bits of places. And we go walking in this house. I like finished products. I don't like process. And I'm looking at it and there's dog fur all around the kitchen. There's, there's stuff just, and now we're leaving a house. We lived in 18 years. And Ann's like, what do you think? <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, it's not my favorite. And this is her words. I love it. Can't you see what it could be? And I'm like, yeah, right. I can really see what it could be. And she looks at our realtor and goes, we'll take it. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I remember we knocked down walls and we, and I would go over there and it made me crazy. It made me crazy. Like I would walk in and I'm a neat freak. I'm sweeping while they're cutting stuff. And I, then they're like, dude, this is a process. You just got it. You need to go. You need to get out of here. You're going to love the finished product. But the process can be messy. Ladies and gentlemen, spiritually, the process can be messy. We sat on our back porch last night. We got in from a wedding and that wedding and sitting back there and I love it now because I got the end result. I'm glad I didn't quit in the process. Where are you today? You in your dry season? Are you in that area of life, God stretching you? See what you got? To see if you trust him or you just trust yourself? To see if you trust him or you just trust when you know the next step? Here's what I know. If we could all see how it turned out, we would trust him with everything we got. Can I tell you something today that we've got lots of history to prove? God's got you. And God's gonna get you to a place you'll always wish you would have been if you just trusted him. Would you pray with me? Right where you're at this morning. Would you just do business with God? Would you do a little inventory with the Lord? Would you? Maybe you're a believer this morning and you're like, man, Mike. I don't like where I'm at. 
want to tell Jesus. I want to empty my hands and hold my hands out and say, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. Would, would you? Maybe you're here today and you, you've been waiting on that final piece to the puzzle spiritually. Today, it's hit you, it's faith. Today, it's hit you that it's Jesus that you've been looking for. I'd love to lead you in a prayer to meet him. It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus, would you pray that with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. You're what I've been looking for and you're who I've been looking for. I believe you lived for me. Would you pray that? And I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior today. Welcome home. God, thank you that you always keep your promises. God, thank you that even when the brook dries up and you send us to somebody that has no means to take care of us, if we'll trust, if we'll walk, you'll be faithful. God, make the words of this next song the prayer of our heart.